Welcome back to Fort Thomas Matters Radio. Mark Collier in studio today. We are going to take a call from House Representative uh, of the 69th District, Adam Koenig. Adam is the sponsor of House Bill 137, which would legalize sports wagering in Kentucky. It's passed the House Licensing, Occupation, and Administration Regulation Committee by a unanimous 19 to nothing vote today. It's now heading for a full vote in the in the full House of Representatives. And so we're going to talk to Adam about what his bill says, what it does, what it doesn't do, and the impact to the state. So next, Adam Koenig. So now we have Adam Koenig. Uh, Adam is the House Representative for District 69. He is uh, carrying how many bills during this session right now? Adam, seven, is that right? Oh, well, there probably will be seven. Right now, I've just filed the one that I'm working on. Okay. And, talk about. And, that, and that's the one we're going to talk about. That's House Bill 137. Uh, that is the sports wagering bill. Um, it's picked up a lot of momentum. Uh, as I alluded to in my uh, introduction today, uh, I believe that's right. Is that right? Today, it passed the Licensing Occupations Administrative Regulations Committee by unanimous vote, 19 to nothing. Is that right? It actually passed Wednesday, Wednesday last week, so that was the 15th. And so now it's headed for a full vote in the House of Representatives. Um, and I don't want to get into predictions or try to forecast what may happen. But what I'd like to do, Adam, is just have you explain, dive in, what is this bill and why, why are you sponsoring it? Kentuckians to wager on sports, and as just as being done now in Indiana. Uh, in the, I believe, May of 2018, uh, the United States Supreme Court um, overturned a federal law prohibiting this activity, uh, except in places that uh, were grandfathered in, like Nevada. And uh, after that, I believe there's been 20 states that have legalized wagering on sporting events. And uh, so I uh, saw that happen, obviously, and I am chair of the Licensing Occupations and Administrative Regulations in the House. So as a good uh, Northern Kentucky Catholic, I have no problem uh, with people being able to use their time and their money for this uh, system of entertainment. And so uh, I sponsored the bill. And I've done a lot of work on it. I, we did it last year, but it was um, just wasn't quite ready. Uh, we needed a higher level of votes mm -hmm. in the House uh, versus uh, this year because of the Constitution. So uh, we weren't able to cross the, the line last year, uh, but uh, I think we will be successful certainly in the House. Uh, hopefully next week. So, uh, and, and what it does is it allows you to bet on basically professional major league sporting events as well as kind of your higher end Division One college events like uh, UK, U of L, um, NKU, basketball, stuff like that. And uh, just like, again, they do in Indiana and they do in Las Vegas. So I, I want to go back to a point that you that you made. It, it seems like this year, your bill this year versus last year, it may have a better chance of legalizing sports betting in Kentucky than than 2019 uh, for for a couple of reasons. First, um, it seems that our our new governor 
uh, Andy Bashir's pro gambling expansion and, and former Governor Matt Bevin was not. Um, secondly, uh, I think I've seen in some reports you believe that your bill could bring at least twenty million dollars in annual tax revenue, and that could be a that could be a big deal because in a budget year, as the legislature sets the budget for the next two years, that's a that's a big thing. Um, now, twenty million dollars. I've seen some figures back and forth. How much of a percentage is? I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's twenty million dollars that um, right now many Kentuckians are betting on sports, and they're doing it in surrounding states. So, so right now the sum zero is, is zero is what Kentucky's getting. Um, and then third, I, I want to touch on a point that you made quickly that I want to explain a little bit uh, further. There's a higher threshold needed to pass the bill last year. Um, as there always is whenever there's a bill that will add revenue in a non-budget setting year. So uh, this is just a simple majority um, for this year. Is, is that, did I characterize that correctly? You did characterize that correctly. When we went to annual sessions 20 years ago, uh, they put in a 60% of the House, 60% of the Senate threshold for anything that raises new revenue. And although this isn't a tax, and that's kind of what it was designed for, that they didn't use it to raise taxes unnecessarily. Um, yeah, this raises new revenue, so it required um, 60% last year, and we didn't weren't able to get there in the House. Um, and, but, uh, yes, it is, it is helpful that we have a partner in the governor's office. Uh, the governor even mentioned it during his State of the Commonwealth address last week, which I very much appreciate. And that has certainly been helpful in uh, bringing along some of my friends in the other side mm -hmm. uh, of the aisle, as we say here, and the Democrat Party. And uh, we, we, uh, my partner, Al Gentry, uh, Democrat from Louisville, uh, from in the House, he's been a great partner. He has uh, worked with me, uh, kept his side up to date, and I uh, can't thank him enough. So, and uh, we have an updated, actually, um, figure for revenue, yeah. and that is $22.5 million okay. a year. $20 million was last year. Now that we're including um, wagers on um, college teams, which was not included in last year's bill, uh, it's up to $22.5 million. And, and The Economist has made it pretty clear during the meeting that this is a conservative estimate. Um, but I do know this. There is, it is estimated that $2 billion, with a B, is wagered illegally on sports in Kentucky every year. And, you know, some people are interested in the revenue. The revenue is great. Um, I'm interested in making sure that uh, it's done legally, safely, in a regulated manner. You know, when, when we legalize it, you know, bookies will let you bet on credit. Um, these entities will not let you do that. Um, if you're winning and you go to the bookie and say, hey, I need my money, the bookie may or may not have the money or may or may not choose to give it to you. Uh, you that, and you have no recourse. That won't happen when it's legalized. Yeah, you, you, you can't walk to, and, and I want to go over the specific sites here in a second where we're talking about sure. being able to do this, but um, you're dealing with reputable uh, places versus Bruno the bookie, where uh, it gets a little bit shady sometimes, uh, which, yeah. which Every, yeah, I mean. Everyone had an Uncle Lefty, apparently, <laughs> in some of these rural areas. 
who who knew uh, knew where you could place a bet. Yeah. So. Well, so uh, it, it it is building momentum. It's, it's House Bill One Thirty Seven. If you want to go to your LRC Legislative Research Commission bill tracker and, and look and see where the bill is, uh, there's been a lot of reports on it. It's gotten a lot of um, a lot of press. So there is momentum, but I do want to go over some of the organizations that are also uh, in favor of this. Um, so you're talking about the likes of the Kentucky Education Association, the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce, um, a lot of the convention and visitor bureaus, the Cole Association, Judge Executive Association, PVA, essentially a lot of these uh, government entities and pro-business entities are, are saying that this is a bill that they need. What are you hearing from them? Well, not only uh, those pro-business entities, uh, you know, governmental entities and the KEA, uh, with whom I find very little in common, uh, and even, I believe, uh, uh, AFSCME uh, Union, is uh, they've told me they're supportive. I don't know if they've lent us their logo yet, but um, it's, it is literally a cross-section of, of folks. And, you know, it's just an added benefit of, uh, to our society. It, it's interesting, the younger the members here, um, they don't see a problem with it. it. It just doesn't even register as something that should be banned. And, uh, you know, you can get on your phone. I kept talking about the bookie before. You can get on your phone and download an app for an offshore company, and they'll say, start taking your bets immediately. It won't take five minutes. Uh, so, you know, they don't see a problem with it, and, um, you know, it, it just seems like it, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the business community uh, sees it as something that will keep our dollars here in the state rather than going to Indiana or any other states that have legalized it right. uh, surrounding us. Uh, Tennessee has legalized it, but uh, they're not up and running, but they should be here in the next couple months. So there, there's just a lot of, of money that can be used for uh, benefits and you know uh, we put the money five percent first five percent goes to addiction prevention the rest of it goes into our pension system that is 60 billion dollars in the hole uh, so you know we're trying to do some some good fiscal things with it and uh, we think that's certainly a, a benefit and it's helped us get the support of folks like Keiko Association of Counties uh, the sheriffs, um, you know, other governmental groups that you mentioned. Right. And, and to be real, I mean, you could conceivably right now in northern Kentucky uh, hop in your car, uh, specifically if, if I'm in my office here in Fort Thomas, um, you can hop in your car and be in across the, the border in Indiana and do this legally right now. And I think um, to be able to offer that alternative so that you can do that legally in Kentucky. I think that that goes a long way uh, as to why it makes a lot of fiscal sense and, and just a, appeals to the common sense nature of, of I think, where you're, you're ultimately carrying this bill. Yes, and, you know, Ohio has a bill and um, the governor's for it over there, the uh, state senate president's for it, the state house speaker's for it. Apparently, they're arguing over how it's going to get done. So you'd like to think that they're they're not going to make they're not going to let that ultimately 
kill it. So, again, Ohio's going to have it before long. And let's beat them to the punch on something for a change. So the under your bill, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission would be the state body that oversees the betting. So I want to talk about uh, logistics of, of what you're proposing at this point. So uh, it provides that sports wagering is only going to be permitted at Kentucky racetracks and um, – Something I, I think uh, and the Kentucky Speedway. The Speedway. Yep. And and yep. so specifically in northern Kentucky, what's what racetracks are we talking about? Well that would be Turfway. Turfway. And then so, Keeneland. Turfway can run down the road and go to the Kentucky Speedway. Yep. Uh, and it's not quite accurate to say they would be the operators. Yep. Okay. You um, you could go physically there and place your wagers. Or you can go there, register for their app, and download the app and use it anywhere in the state. So, so once you once you, you register, you can go to Speedway, you can go to Keeneland, Red Mile, go to Churchill, um, other tracks. And uh, for someone like me, I'll I'll be at all those places. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. So, I think I think maybe we've run into each other at one of those places before. So it could have happened. <laughs> So the in-person registration is is maybe could be looked at as a hurdle. Um, you can look at the you can bet this year on local sports, as you alluded to previously, where maybe that was not part of the bill in 2019. Tell me how you you were able to evolve that language, or maybe why you uh, you added that part to this year's bill. The most common complaint I heard from legislators and citizens was, if we're going to do it, why can't we bet on UK and U of L? And every argument I made as to why we should legalize it, because people are already doing it, um, it's it's a common practice um, where no one's doing it safely, money's going offshore, et cetera, et cetera. Every argument I make for general sports wagering, uh, you could make for colleges. I did it last year that way because uh, wagering on colleges was only permitted in two of the 20 states where uh, it was legal, and I thought that was a safe place to start. So yeah. I, I, I had no problem taking it out when uh, I realized there was uh, plenty of support for taking it out. So what are you hearing? What are you hearing from opponents right now? I'm, I'm sure you know you, you want to bring a bill and you want to make sure that carrying it is is successful, and it certainly seems to have some momentum in this year's session. But you have to do some research as to, you know, how do we make this palatable for everybody? Um, I think you alluded to maybe the that that's a minor change that was made from last year to this year. What are you hearing from opponents this year? Well, the opponents are basically the Family Foundation and the Kentucky Baptist Convention, and uh, they oppose it on religious grounds that people are going to lose money, that bad things are going to happen to them. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And look, the we we have all the ills of gaming in this state, um, and none of the revenue to deal with it. Between the casinos everywhere uh, on our borders, you know the fact that look, I have I'm, I may have an app where I can bet on horse racing 24/7-365. Um, you know, you can go online and and purchase lottery tickets uh, from an app. Uh, so we have all the ills. 
And this is something, as I mentioned, $2 billion being wagered illegally. It's not stopping people. No one's being arrested for doing it illegally. Actually, it's not illegal to bet on sports. Uh, it's illegal to make book mm-hmm. and take a cut. So, um, so th- this needs to be done legally. It needs to be done in a rational fashion. Uh, and but their arguments are that people are, are going to be are going to be hurt, and and I recognize that, and I, I think we already have it. And as I mentioned, first five percent of what we get goes to addiction prevention services. Uh, so that we can help treat those people, uh, because I'm, I'm not turning a blind eye to the fact that there are some people who have problems right now, and we have no way of, of helping them through that. So to reset, Adam Koenig, you are the sponsor of House Bill 136. Um, that is the sports wagering bill that is garnering a lot of attention. Um, 137. 137, uh, if you yes. want to check on your... Uh, Bill Tracker at LRC. Um, I want to, and right now that's got 22 co-sponsors. You're obviously carrying that bill. Uh, it's passed. It's uh, it's uh, it's committee. Um, it is now going to receive a full house vote, which it did not in last year's session. Um, I don't want to play prognosticator, but prognosticator, uh, what are you hearing? Uh, I think we are. I, I think we will get it through the House. We have. Um, we are just trying to know where our votes are, make sure there's no surprises, and frankly, maximize the vote. Because the more votes we send it down to the Senate with, the better chances of it passing in the Senate. So uh, we're working on that. There, there are groups out there, um, specifically Kentucky Sports Betting Now, uh, which you can find on Twitter and and uh, Facebook that are trying to uh, generate support for it. And, uh, you know, we're encouraging everyone to call the LRC uh, uh, toll-free line of 800-372-7181 to let their constituents or to let their legislators know that they're supportive of it. So we're just trying to get as much of that done as we can, uh, figure out how many contacts these folks have had and, and show them that there is a groundswell of, of people who want to be able to wager on sports as well as the bill also includes internet poker and um, uh, regulation of fantasy sports like FanDuel and DraftKings, which exist out in the open. Yep. Uh, they have, between the two of them, 700 registered users in Kentucky. And Again, there's no rules to make sure it's done properly. Uh, there's nothing protecting the consumer, and there's no money generated for the for the state from it. So that is, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna tie a bow on that. Um, I think you did a good job, uh, sort of making sure that you're understanding our listeners are understanding what's happening, what it is, what it's not. Um, I do want to move on briefly, and how do you <laughs> cram? Uh, I told you we were going to do 15 minutes. We're already at 19 minutes. So I want to cram a little bit of uh, context into the rest of the session. What, what's the tone and the tenor of this year's session comparatively over the last couple of years? Um, you know, the, the governor has been very conciliatory, uh, and this is, 
He got on Thursday the 23rd. Uh, next Tuesday, he brings his budget address where uh, he's going to fill in the gaps from uh, what he said in the State of the Union. I mean, he set out some general, very general themes. Uh, and so we will we'll see what that looks like, um, and that will set a lot of the tone because the most important thing we do in this session is the budget. The second most important thing we do is the budget. The third most important thing we do in this session is the budget. So it, it kind of, uh, you know, obviously is a, is a uh, shadow over everything. So, you know, we, it, it's strange because we talk a lot about partisanship and we passed bills out for three days and um, most of which passed committee unanimously and you know, the House Democrats have asked a lot of questions and there's been a lot of no votes. So I'm a little confused on the bipartisanship, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever, if they're right, and they're representing their constituents and that's fine with me. Um, they're overwhelmingly for my bill. So God bless them. I'm for them. <laughs> well, let me talk about, uh, has Northern Kentucky issues, um, specifically Brent Spence, uh, bridge tolls. Uh, what are you hearing? Are you, are you hearing those words? uttered uh, amongst the halls in Frankfurt right now? Look, I know we know that there's something that needs to be done um, with it. And, you know, there hasn't been a new bridge on an interstate built in this country, I think, in the last 15 years um, that didn't have tolls on it. We've been trying, like act to figure out how to beat that system. Uh, we've struck out so far. Uh, we're going to keep trying, um, but at some point uh, there's going to be a reckoning. And, uh, you know, if we're going to continue to be a logistics hub, which we've become, and the many, many jobs associated with it, we cannot have a gigantic bottleneck right there um, that's only going to get worse year after year after year and, frankly, start to clog up all our uh, secondary roads. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Representative Santoro from Boone County uh, writes our house budget. And, um, you know, I'm going to repeat something that Senator McDaniel from Penn County uh, said the other day, and I'm going to give him complete credit. And he said it better than I could. You know, the governor talked about extending the Mountain Parkway uh, for, uh, I think, by the time that's extended, it will cost $750 million. It's a 34-mile road, and it has fewer cars on it every day than Turkey Foot Road. Than Turkey Foot Road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they want to build – they're happy to pay tolls on a new I-69 bridge in Henderson. Um, but there's not, there's not enough traffic that will go over it to pay for it. The toll would be like 40 or 50 bucks uh, given the traffic. So, you know – there's going to be an effort to focus on getting money, not just in Northern Kentucky, but the other places that are paying the bills and need the roads so that we can generate revenue to, um, you know, feed our budget, much of which goes to rural areas. Let me ask you this question, and, and this will be my, my last one, but it's, it's not necessarily a, a specific question to this assembly, but in general. How does Northern Kentucky get more um, get more influence in Frankfurt? You know what? Um, I think we're 
we're doing as well as we ever have. Like I said, um, Sal Santoro from Boone County is, is writing the road plan in the house. This will be the second time he's got to do it. Uh, he and I came in together 14 years ago. All the other ones, the first 10 years we were here, they were all from Eastern Kentucky. Um, you know, he, he writes just in the house. He writes the road plan. I'm chairman of licensing and occupations committee, which anybody that needs a license to do business uh, comes through my committee. Um, uh, Kim Mosier from Kent County in her second term is chair of the very powerful health and welfare, or I'm sorry, health and family services, we've changed the name, committee uh, that spends a lot of money on the budget. Uh, so we, we, and then you move on to the Senate, Senator McDaniel from Kent County is chairman of appropriations and revenue that comes up with the budget and all tax policy. Uh, he is very, very influential in the Senate in general. Um, and Damon Thayer, who represents Southern Kenton County and used to live in Northern Kentucky, uh, is the Senate majority floor leader. Uh, Will Schroeder is chairman of the state government committee from Campbell County. John Schickel is my uh, uh, compatriot over there in uh, Boone County. On, he handles the Senate licensing occupations committee, so we talk all the time working on stuff. So we really are doing quite well in Frankfurt, frankly. The, the leader do better? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, mean, I don't no, think anyone can look back at history and say that we've had more influence in Kentucky than we do right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote uh, Brent Cooper, who is the uh, Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce uh, president, CEO. And he, he's gotten on a, a roll lately on Twitter. I don't know if you followed him or not. I actually love his yeah. hashtag, which is Northern Kentucky Matters, just saying. But uh, essentially his thesis is this. There's nine, he, he counts nine counties uh, as Northern Kentucky's region. You know, you can debate that. Um, 52 cities, 20 school districts, 33 Northern Kentucky cities border one another. You can walk from Alexandria to Newport in Campbell County, go over the Licking to Covington and Independence in Kenton County and go through Florence to Union and Boone County and never leave a city. Uh, he counts the metro area of those nine counties as 400,000 people. Um, Lexington Fayette is 330 in comparison. Now, I get his point. I know what he's doing. Um, is, that, is that the path for more influence in terms of outside of leadership? Yes, but in terms of, you know, how do we make sure that we're not becoming a donor region in, in a lot of respects? Is that the path to do that? Northern Kentucky, when I say that, I basically am talking about Boone County Camp. Sure. Um, has spoken with one voice down here for quite some time. Uh, I was, back in the day, in 1998, I was first elected to the Kenton County Fiscal Court, and um, Dick Murgatroyd then was judge executive, and Steve Pendry was elected judge executive that year in Campbell County, and Gary Moore was elected judge executive in Boone County, and those two still have that designation. And we have always worked together and come down with one unified voice. And that is helpful because these other parts of the state, um, you know, they are not as unified as we are. No one shares services uh, like we do. There are counties that are, you know, no bigger than the city of Covington population-wise that have, you know, a dozen water districts in them, just for example. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, you're talking to the one guy who files a bill every year 
just to streamline the process by which we can merge some of these counties because we have 120 counties in the third most in the country and it's a frankly a waste of money and uh can't even get a hearing just to help those that want to do it um on their own get it done uh because it's it's too much to take so um you know we need to keep leading by example and we need to keep doing what we're doing and uh show everyone the path and hopefully others catch on and start doing it the way we do it. Hopefully one day we'll get to the point where um, some of these counties just need to merge and go out of business and, and um, consolidate with each other because they can't afford to do business anymore. Well, Adam Kenny, uh, you've been very generous with your time. Uh, state representative is sponsoring House Bill 137, among others, but that is the sports wagering bill that we spent a lot of our time with today. Adam, thanks so much, and uh, thank you for, for your time again. Thank you for your uh, service, and uh, get back to work, will you? Yes, sir.